0: This is I'll add it to the list with Brian
1: and Cynthia Zalkowski, a podcast in which we go over our opinions of music, media, and everything in between. The sun slowly rises. I don't know. I was trying to think of something funny when I was driving the other
0: day. You can also talk into your mic.
1: Honey, I was swaying back and forth to feel the music. Whatever.
0: Talking to your mic.
1: I am. I'm not in it <laughs> yet.
0: <laughs> well, welcome back to I'll Add It to the List with me and Cynthia and <laughs> Brian.
1: <Kowski>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we have uh, some guests today. We have a Nicholas and Morgan from the band Bedtime
2: Magic. Hello. Howdy. Howdy. Oh, what a
1: cute name. Bedtime Magic?
2: Bedtime Magic. You're tucked in. You got warm jammies on. What you, could you ask for?
1: Oh, some magic at bedtime. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, she hit the nail on the head. <laughs> so, um, you both uh, decided to recommend an album. Um, who wants to get into what you recommend it? And because it's two of you guys, and I don't think that uh, you both recommended this. I think it was somebody single.
3: All right. So this is Morgan. Uh, I chose this record. We had done a, a, a podcast like a couple of years ago now, right? Um, we did this uh, other podcast, Punk Lotto Pod, um, similar sort of format that they give you a year and then you have to choose a record from that year. Um, and Nicholas chose the record and didn't really consult me on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was not a record i would have chosen at all
2: well, um, i'm an empath and i sensed that that was what you were feeling
3: <laughs> right 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 and so when the, when you guys asked us about doing this one he, nicholas was like i chose the last one like why don't you you get to choose this one and so i chose this one. Oh,
1: that's
3: so sweet yeah, yeah. yeah. We try and get along, you know? Well, we I mean, do all right. When, when, right when you're in a
0: band with, you know, only two people, it's kind of easy. Just like, hey, how do you feel about this? I'm cool. Okay. Awesome.
1: No, that sucked.
0: It's not like being in, a, it? being in a ska band and having 35 people to ask who's a pit you know. I can't
2: imagine how they do <laughs> that. The I really can't.
3: I really can't. Yeah, so I chose this one, um, and because I knew Nicholas and I have listened to this record together a bunch, and and I figured that you know, and I can't speak for him, but I figured he wouldn't really mind talking about this record. Um, so I figured, you know, I chose this one. It was like a, a sort of it would. I figured it would be okay. There's a lot of I think there's a lot to talk about on it. So
0: yeah, absolutely. It's um, it was a shock to me because um, when. Nicholas sent me the record, um, as far as what we wanted to do after he had talked to you. And I was like, I looked at the album cover and it was like, all right, it kind of looks, it's either going to be like pop music or it's going to be some kind of indie project. And then I put the first couple songs on. I was like, no, I'm not feeling this. I'm like, this is good because this is like, I wanted something that I didn't like because everything that we've listened to has been like, you know, above a 70 for me. And I was like, fuck yeah, I can give out like a 30 or a 40. Um, oh really? Yeah, but I put it on and af- I I had a job uh, this week and uh, i fucking clicked, man. <laughs> I've, I've really enjoyed it. It um for me personally, well I guess we'll get into the album because nobody even knows what the album is yet. So
3: right, right. So it's it's an album called Ladyhawk uh, or, or called Shots by a band uh, called Ladyhawk who are from. Canada, uh, um, Vancouver, British Columbia. Yeah.
2: yeah. Where yeah. is this in their progress as a band? Because that I didn't actually look into. Is this like their third record?
0: Second or, full length.
3: Yeah. Second, second full mm-hmm.
0: It came out on uh, March 4th, 2008, on yeah. uh, Jag Jaguar Records.
2: How did you come across them, Morgan? I never
3: asked. Uh, I had a roommate, um, Probably right around the time that this record came out, that like, he was playing it one day. Like, um where we? we were like sitting on our back porch. I was smoking cigarettes because I was still smoking at that point, and like he played it, and I was like, "What is this, man?" Like, I like, like I just I didn't know who it was. And anyway, he told me the name of it. I ended up going like almost immediately and buying the record um and listening to it ever since so yeah Yeah, i never heard of them previous it's a good record label though they've put out like well sort of mixed bag but they put out some some pretty cool stuff
0: okay um they stick yeah. more in like the indie genre because this was kind yeah. of like indie it was a little like psychedelic and i would say yeah. blues, blues. A lot of bluesy feel. It um on first listen past that first song, um I got really big like Wolf Parade vibes, um like real old school Wolf Parade, mm. and That's Cynthia, so cool. it, uh, Cynthia heard yeah. uh, Interpol, so it was like
2: I could see the Interpol thing because the the timbre in his voice and yeah. the way that mm-hmm. he was like
0: especially right. like the that second song like the, just the way the guitar kind of flowed and oh, back
2: yeah. to the city boy. Yeah, yep.
1: definitely sounds like an Interpol song. Which I was like, <laughs> yay!
2: Now, now, since all three of you did your research and I was negligent in that department, has this Lady Hawk ever had a problem with the fact that there was the other Lady Hawk? Because that's who I thought we were talking about at first. You know the one from England? No, I'm not too like familiar with band. them. Okay.
0: Are they still spelled H A W K or did they put an E no, at the end?
2: They put an E at the end.
0: Ah, so they're Lady Hawk A. Hey.
2: Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. So
0: they're they the well the they're nat- oldie timey right? They're oldie timey Hawkeye. <laughs> right, right. okay? Either that or like uh like a uh Native American band.
2: Oh, I mean that's possible I too. Now, sure. there was, no, you're thinking of um Thunderhawk or whatever that band that uh wasn't Lemmy in that band before he was in he started Motorhead.
0: I don't know. I I was just more yeah. like the Lady Hawk, Hey.
2: well Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, Native Americans are not French, honey.
0: Well, I mean, they could be. <laughs> I
1: don't think they could. That's a different part of the world.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, I guess you know, as far as the backstory goes, um, I guess the only thing I really have to add, as far as the band themselves, um, uh, um it was recorded in an old barn in British Columbia which I thought was pretty cool that they, uh, you know, location um, recorded, produced, and engineered it. So that's always awesome. Yeah. Um, it,
2: it seems like that really factored into the sound of the record too. Like there's, they almost, exp- like, like it's for me, it felt like there were songs where it would open up a lot and it felt like there was just room mic after room mic. And then all of a sudden the chorus would kick in and everything would be like a very tight, like on the spot, microphone on an amp you know yeah and I thought that was interesting the contrast and sections like that
0: no I definitely agree the um I don't know it just it had a weird vibe and that's what kind of brought me back to it um that first song kind of I didn't dig it um and then it wasn't until the second song kind of weaned me in because just like with the wolf uh parade vibe that it gave off and then I think that's what kind of clicked me in with the album is I could relate to something with it, with the vocalist kind of sounding like that. So then every time I'd hear the vocalist, it got a little bit more comfortable. So I went back and listened to it a second time, and then the first song kind of clicked, and it was like, okay, cool, you know, um, really kind of getting the album. And the songs themselves are a little all over the place. So there's, there's yeah. a couple that have the sort of the same vibes with it being like a little on the softer side, but it does seem like the whole album as a whole, really with only nine tracks, I mean, every song is pretty goddamn strong.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you guys liked it. Um, I, I totally understand that it took a minute for it to click. I'm going to make a bold statement on this one. Okay. So I, I chose this one because I think, I think more people need to know about this record because I think Absolutely. it was like... You know, like sort of underrecognized band. You know, they're like a, a little band from from British Columbia. Like, you know, n- nobody around here has really heard of them. You know, like I don't think it got a lot of press or whatever. I will say, this is perhaps one of the greatest rock and roll records ever made. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to fight you best, on that. One of the best I mean, records I mean, I made I'm in my lifetime.
1: <laughs> but it was good. I enjoyed it
3: i'm not
2: gonna i don't know if i'd go as far as that i think it's really good and i think it it creates a a a template for other bands that they should follow yeah i'm not entirely sure if i would say it's the greatest rock and roll record or one of the greatest
0: no i I wouldn't say it's the greatest but i would say it's it's up there with some of like i don't really get into like super rock and roll inspired indie indie music i like more of the ambient stuff at times or um, things that just kind of hit more on an emotional side. So when something has like that kind of straight old rock root, like you know rock and roll root, um, I don't really go that direction. Uh, so I don't really listen to too much like rock and roll stuff. But this was yeah. this was fucking good because yeah. I think it mixed a lot of different genres. Where it was still indie, it was rock and you know with a little hint of like the blues that's kind of dabbled in and even i would even say like a tiny tiny bit of jazz like very very minimal yeah
2: i got a strong karate vibe do you remember that
0: (laughs) no no i thought you were just talking about like just you know uh, karate the sport you know like i just got this vibe to just
2: start like doing (laughs) karate (laughs) Yeah, no no karate the band but uh, like a bluesier dirtier americana version never heard of them
3: uh. yeah i could definitely see with the karate stuff especially uh there's like a couple songs where the the like sort of lead guitar line is sort of sort of mimicking the vocal line yeah. um, which is totally a karate move
2: yeah on the neck pickup with like the brightness still really hot on it yeah, yeah. i was like right, right. Yeah. yeah so you didn't like the opener huh brian yeah I didn't like it on you come back to the bright
0: Yeah it was (laughs) On first listen I didn't like it too much Um, I felt like it was I mean Kind of run of the mill As far as You know That kind of Indie rock feel And Mm -hmm. that's why It was that second song That kicked in With something that was Like a little bit different And it was like Okay cool I can see now Then it was like Okay they have Four vocalists And four musicianists You know So there's a quartet And everybody does vocals So it's going to have a different vibe on each song. And I don't know if they come together as far as all four of them to write or if they do it the old school Pearl Jam way where basically each member writes a song and then the other ones kind of tag along their little pieces, you know, where everything goes. Um, but I like the fact that everything on the album had its own identity. Do you, um, do you want to get into, like, what songs you guys like yeah, the most? what were your
1: favorite tracks? What
0: were your favorite tracks? Which, you know, if, if there's, I mean, it's the greatest rock, album of all time you know we we can't pick I
3: didn't I didn't say it is the greatest but I I would I would I would would say it's one of the best rock and roll records made in my lifetime
0: I would say this that without knowing of this album and actually now listening to it this would be something I would recommend for someone to listen to and this will be back in my rotation as well as something that I'm going to listen to because there's like little pieces of the songs that just kind of like pull you back in like that just the verse on SDHD and then like yeah. the, there's um there's one part in uh, faces of death that lyric of uh I know there's no such thing as endless love. Oh my like, that it's a super fucking negative. <laughs> but it the just the whole record's so negative. It, it is, but is but it's just It just kind of like I don't know, it's it's a strong lyric and it kinda of like, you know, the song kind of vibes off of that. So
1: Oh that was actually uh, one of the songs. I've never, like, actually hearted a song um, uh, unless they were already hearted for my Look Spotify, at that.
0: I Cynthia, so like, I hearted, hearted it on hearted Spotify, so it'll play uh, again.
1: I'll, right. I'll, so I'll yeah. listen to it again. And it was that Faces of Death song. Because mm-hmm. um, it has, like, this slow dance kind of vibe like you're just yeah dancing together in the kitchen that has never happened but in my mind that's what <laughs> <is>. oh honey <laughs> <laughs>
0: no i mean I it,
1: it's it's romantic yeah and i mean sad.
0: Who, who wants to go first on uh favorite tracks
2: i have a lot to say but i'm mostly curious like what morgan's perspective is like i would my examination of this record is as just a record that i enjoy but that also I have an opinion on. But I know that Morgan's got a lot of attachment to it and enjoys it and considers it like an important record for him. So that's why I'm so curious about his perspective.
3: Yeah, I, 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 I don't know if I could like really pull a favorite song off the record. Like, uh, I know when, when, I, when I brought it, when I suggested it to Nicholas, um, uh, I asked him, I said, if we do this record, can you not listen to it on Shuffle? Because I know they
2: didn't.
0: Every time I went. Oh, no, Nicholas! Are you one of those people that listen to stuff on shuffle all? I'm a, I'm
2: a shuffle maniac. No, no. no. I'll get a cup at Taco Bell and I will do all the sodas. No, Rainbow,
0: Ronnie James Dio. When it comes, to you ruin albums. You're an album. Oh ruiner. yeah? Are you kidding me? You're I'm like this worst. fucking tool album, starting in the middle.
3: <laughs> yeah, right, big time. Right. So, like, so as a band, like I, I you know, I, I talk with Nicholas all the time. We're, you know, making song orders for like when we put on a record, when we're playing a show. It's something that we we tend to th- put a decent amount of thought into. And then I get in the van, and he, he like puts on, he puts on like, oh, this record rules, and he puts it on shuffle, and I'm just Absolutely. like, what the hell are you doing, dude?
2: Every Brutal Truth record, I don't, I can't even tell you the order of songs on a Brutal Truth record because I just put it on shuffle every time. The
0: best part about listening to an album is knowing the melody of the next song before that song even comes on, right after the song from before it, you know. And you're just. I and have you're- one
2: record I won't do that with. Do you know which record it is? One no. record I listened to top to bottom, Keel Hall Two. I oh, feel right. like that record should never be on shuffle ever.
3: All right, all right. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. So when I suggested this one, I I I asked that Nicholas please listen to it not on shuffle, <laughs> just because I think <laughs> like like you were saying this it it the song order like it has like a bit of an arc to it, and it so does. like for me part of the record is like when the song is ending, I know what the next song is going to be you yeah. know like i can already hear it in my head um probably because i've listened to it like literally thousands of times at this point
0: i would lay out um, for song the, the song song arc in it is just i don't think you could have picked a better a nice flow. flow yeah you know yeah. it starts off strong in the middle of the record it kind of dips you down picks yeah. back up and then right. takes you out with like a nice like bluesy out track
3: yeah right I think the first time I played this record for Nicholas was, um, uh, 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 in particular, the last the last song or whatever, the, the Ghost Blues, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it was really uh, they do a lot of layers in the end of that song. Like they they do a thing that Nicholas and I do a lot with our band, which is like the, we draw out like the beginning of the song is fairly short and the end, like the final part of the song, you know, is significantly longer than the, all the previous parts. Um, they do that a bunch on this record as well. Uh, particularly like the, the, the final song. And I, I think I played it for Nicholas cause we were talking about how we wanted to mix uh, a record we were working on. And I was like, listen to how there's like, there's like a whole bunch of different parts that are happening and they slowly like, you know, one guitar line gets louder and then it sort of fades away while the next line, you know, gets louder. And, and like, um, so I think maybe if I had to pick like the song, that's, you know, sort of like, you know, that I'm most like, wow, that is really an amazing song. You know, as the, it would be the last one, but I think it would be hard for me to like really choose like, Oh, this is the ultimate best song on the record. Yeah. Cause I don't think there's really any duds, you know, like, I don't think there's there's definitely like, that's part of why I say it's like one of the greatest records of my lifetime. Cause there's like, there's no bad track on it. I think. Yeah. You know, for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? It could be a classic album down the road. You know, if, if you have those albums that come out 20 years goes down and then somebody discovers it and next thing you know, it's fucking huge.
2: Oh so, yeah. Cap- Captain Beefheart, if you asked me, what was it, Trouse Face Replica or something? Like, if you ever said that that was going to be an album that would be around 60 years later, I'd be like, you're full of shit. Yeah. But here it is. Kids are still talking about it. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they talk about Beefheart more than Zappa.
2: Yeah. And what like- the fuck is that? zappa's like a guy who had such a structure in his brain and beefheart's just like i'll do whatever
0: (laughs) 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 well beefheart did a lot of stuff with like the mothers too back you know oh did he back in like the i guess it was the early 70s i think of the mothers
2: huh i did not know that
0: yeah well i think it was um uh flow and eddie um, who were the two vocalists? Early Mothers, um, they did some stuff with Beefheart as well. I don't know. This is my brain going back to when my dad. No, this is this is actually like, awesome because we're done
2: with this, I'm probably going to check all that.
0: Yeah, out. I mean, I, I could be wrong. This is me and my dad talking like years and years ago because yeah. he was a huge Mothers of Invention fan and got yeah. me into them and then into zappa and then from there all over the place
2: i lived in missouri for a while and the, there was a, a girl that i was friends with there and and she was just like do you like frank zappa and i was like yeah it's kind of annoying and she was like uh excuse me he is self-taught and she just like gave me this whole diatribe on frank zappa and i felt so guilty that i wasn't as verse that I just, these are the days of LimeWire, so I just got a bunch of Frank Zappa, and I was like, okay, I'll get used to this so.
0: Yeah, Zappa, if, For Zappa you gotta go to the live stuff the like the almost skit-esque um, like production she, she was big
2: into the one about the yellow snow
0: oh, Okay, yeah
2: yeah watch out go where the huskies the... go
0: and don't you yeah. eat that yellow snow
2: <laughs> yeah that was the thing she was like going through it verse from verse like i was like okay you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's actually an album i wouldn't mind doing uh, apostrophe that's got a really good flow because that thing flows as like a whole piece but
3: so so nicholas basically are you trying to say that you forced yourself to enjoy frank zappa just so you could have sex with this lady
2: uh all right delete this part <laughs> no Lord isolate this too. part
3: uh, yeah, this, this was how you were gonna woo this lady was that you were gonna like
2: i was told there'd be no questions about me and frank zappa and my wooing <laughs> Okay. All right. Yeah, keep that pussy on. Well, hold on, hold on.
0: Okay, then we'll get rid of the Frank Zapp and we'll start talking about like Ric Flair or something like that. Then you can woo all you want. Yeah, Ric Flair me. He wooed you. (laughs) That's yeah. That's what you know. Nicholas was gonna do. He was just gonna go in and
3: go woo. Yeah. It's natural, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good boy,
2: Morgan. The past three interviews we've done have talked about pasta shapes and Ric Flair. Have you noticed that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh no,
0: we did start off with pasta today. Yeah. I don't. Did we talk about pasta? No, we didn't talk about pasta on the actual episode. We we were chatting about yeah, that before. It was before so we hit record. That doesn't count, so you can't use that. Okay. But
3: you know, we can always you know, get I'll, back. I'll just Damn. mention that I'm really into the orchetti ri- 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 r- lately. It's like oh, the little hats. Mm,
2: yeah, that's what they had for dinner. We had. Hats, yeah. All
1: right. With sausage and broccolini.
3: Were you guys talking beforehand? Wait, did you have? Did you make a soup with like sausage, no. and broccoli, and, and orchetti?
1: No, yeah. no, it's it was
3: like no.
0: it was like a buttered saute
1: with uh, asiago and lemon and yeah. butter.
2: Yeah, that's pretty. That's a pretty common dish. The broccoli rob. Broccoli.
3: Yeah, bro- yeah. I make I make a I make a soup with with sausage and and broccoli and and the little orichetti It's great.
0: Well, when are you oh, coming up here to yeah. make me some soup?
3: It's a long way to drive, my friend, but it could, it could happen. It could happen.
0: I, you know, yeah. yeah, we'll just have to set up a show or something to make you guys come up here and then, you know, be like, oh, you're here. I guess I got to get you to make me some soup.
3: Although, honestly, you would be mess, miss, Not that I'm a bad cook, but Nicholas is actually like a, a pretty, pretty great chef so okay. like he's he's got like we went to culinary school I has like legitimate skill like oh, I have a couple recipes that. that I'm pretty good with you mm-hmm. know but like Nicholas could actually like cook your real meal well
0: he also has the mustache so I mean it kind of goes with you know people with that. mustaches I trust him with food <laughs> <laughs> all right, I trust all right. Like that. <laughs> each, each strand of hair carries a new flavor <laughs> I don't trust like that
3: <laughs> You're still is job. that why you grew the mustache Nicholas do you want to like pose for a pizza box or something
2: so so I would say out of all the parts of my body, my face is the weakest spot. And I'm just trying to do something to get people to not think about it as much. Or if they have to look at it, just kind of laugh at it.
3: What do you mean your weakest spot? Yeah. Like you've been I trying to lift weights with your skin or something? Or like... No, like I have beautiful
2: armpits. <laughs> my toes are pretty nice, but they're usually in shoes. And then when you look at my face, you're just like, eh, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's not no, good. Yeah, it's kind of like an unfinished artwork and so the mustache helps give people something to think about
3: I like how you, you my said eyebrows. it my
2: eyebrows are like like th- that's not doing me
3: a lot of justice that's a good eyebrow mm. right I think you got some like body dysmorphia going on man yeah, oh
2: you I think, think? You yeah. track nine on pillow talk sir <laughs> oh, <geez. All> right.
0: <laughs> we're learning something new deep, cut. <laughs> deep cuts uh,
2: anyway this record huh yeah so, so you, that one Corpse paint, I think. Is that what it's called? Corpse paint, I think, yeah. is my favorite. And because just as a person who writes music, that is a very difficult style that stomping almost military esque pulse is very hard to make catchy and not make seem antiquated. And I think they did a great job yeah. of almost making it seem punk. Mm-hmm. It was like, paint it on, paint it on. Like that. It's just, it's hard. And yeah. I commend them for it.
0: Yeah, I like the vibe. The um, with the vibe of that first threw me off because I didn't really like the like. It's kind of like the stop-start guitar, like the ding,
2: bam, yep. It's it's hard to get past that. It's like Neil Young-esque.
1: We made fun of this song a little bit. Sorry, Cynthia
2: Morgan, made fun of this song. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, <laughs> Cynthia, started. I did too. And then eventually <laughs> it came back to me and I was like, how did they make it so I actually want to listen to this? It stuck in it's my so head marchy. A
1: lot.
2: It's the,
0: it's the chorus part with the
2: paint it on, paint it on. Yeah. That part caught
0: me. And just the fact that it's called Corpse Paint also kind of yeah, like, also it painted, painted a little bit of a picture that I actually pretended that they all had like Corpse Paint on. Yeah. So it was like. I don't know, like, if you can give me a visual out of a song title, I'll probably like it a lot. I don't know, I'm a very visual person when it comes to music, so the more I have descriptive from, like, if you just give me, like, you know, the album called Shots does nothing for me. But, you know, there's...
1: Oh, I was gonna say, let's do a shot before we start this. As like something a tie into the album name. Oh, Oops, if we had some
0: spaghetti, <laughs> do you have spaghetti sauce? We could do a spaghetti no. sauce shot. <laughs>
1: spaghetti sauce body shots. <laughs> you took a shower today. It's all right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we need to see more like drunk people like taking like spaghetti sauce shots off of their bodies.
2: That would okay. be delicious. I mean, little... I think they do that in Italy. I think that's like a whole thing that oh, they yeah. do. It's like use olive oil for love making and spaghetti mm. shots for a coitus what are they called I, it's been so long since I made love I don't remember what the <laughs> steps are called what's the initial step of making love called,
0: it oh, that's called uh, no it's called premature ejaculation I nope. think that's
2: right. what that's you're the looking end. for I know that no, that's, that's,
0: <laughs> that's the beginning and the end <laughs>
2: <That's>,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: like it's like Arebores,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> just keeps coming and coming and coming all yeah. right.
1: Um, <laughs> sorry, Mom. You can't listen to this one.
0: Earmuffs Donna. We got our mom coming on the show in like two weeks, I
1: think. Yeah, she's so excited.
2: So <laughs> what record are you going to do with her?
1: We're going to do uh, Rimsky Korska. What record is mom? No. Uh, which is one of our favorite composers together. And we're going to do the theme to Skaharazad, which is nice. It's Very nice. Very so my favorites. Up, I'm so excited.
2: highbrow. Uh, very highbrow.
1: Well, mm. my mom used to play one of the songs when I was like a little girl, but whatever. We'll get into it on the episode; it'll be really cute.
0: I'll be very loose butthole with uh with your mom.
1: Hell yeah!
0: <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> she likes it. I am
1: just saying <laughs> she doesn't get it. <laughs>
0: did um Nick Nicholas? Did you uh, you have any other songs that really stuck out? Because I mean, I feel like Morgan's opinion is going to be pretty biased to the album just being
2: amazing. No, and, and we and were I aware of that. I mean, amazing. we kind of went into it knowing that he he would be, you know, the Alpha and the Omega, and this is this is a really good record because it means something to him, and I get that. And honestly, yeah. when we did Punk Lotto, I was kind of the same way, and he was like, this record's meh. It was like run-of-the-mill Boston. Uh, we did Non-Compass Mentis. I don't know if you know those guys. No. Uh, they were at Old Vermont. Uh, well, vermont by way of boston but hardcore band and you know shtick they wore suits and dressed like ninjas and stuff but i really liked them. and morgan was like i could honestly go the rest of my life without hearing this record again (laughs) um but i don't feel the same way about this one i i think that there was a lot of good to it i think like i said the, the the way that the recording quality was used as an additional instrument I love when records do that, when they kind of get you involved with the sense of space where they recorded and then they take that away to feed another idea. Like suddenly here we are at the chorus and everything's tight, the vocals are compressed, we're right in the middle of it and then it goes back to them jamming in their living room. So I think for me, across the board, that's what I really liked on the record. And I also thought the composition had the same kind of energy where there was parts where it felt like four people just kind of fucking around and then all of a sudden they'd lock for like a chord, you know, and yeah. hang out on that. And I thought that, to me, brought the same energy that they were trying to achieve with a lot of like 90s metalcore where they like the breakdown would be the part where everybody linked up. And so I'm not saying that it's 90s metalcore. I know that more would be pissed <laughs> if I said that, but I'm saying that just that idea that you separate and then you recombine yep. and that when you recombine, that really kind of hammers things home. I thought that was just across the board, you know, it ends the record with that. What's it called again? Ghost Blues? Ghost Blues. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Just how that ending here's this repetition when the rest of the record didn't really utilize repetition. It used a lot mm-hmm. of movement. It used a lot of like the middle eight was actually like a 12 with two different sixes and stuff. So that, that, that was kind of neat.
0: Yeah. It just seemed like all the songs were very dynamic with, um, where the beginning was, with the middle, and it was all kind of, there were, like, little spots that would repeat. Like you said, they would lock in, and I feel like those lock-in portions was, like, your little hook. And yeah. the rest of it is kind of like, I don't know how I feel about this. But then it kind of, like, buried in your, like, head like a worm, and then next thing you know, you're kind of craving that verse again. I mean, like, well, I didn't like this.
1: But stuck in my Uh, head, yeah.
0: (laughs) I I don't like, know no. It's just like something that you absolutely hate, but it's stuck in your head, and you keep singing it. And next thing you know, you you fucking love it, and it's like a part of you now. And you're like, well,
2: let me ask you this because this is something that I had a lot of thoughts on, but I'm curious. You play guitar as well, right? Yes. So it's, how did you feel about just the abundant use of the neck pickup on this record? I didn't mind it. You didn't mind it, yeah. Mm. I I don't know. Like at times, I was like. Hoping things would sound a little less jangly, but I liked
0: it because I I oh, actually okay. play I play majority neck pickup. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, so I liked a little bit more because with the neck pickup is you get that kind of like bassier. Um, yeah, it's
2: almost Rounder. like a ba-
0: yeah, it's it's a bassier, like smoother tone out of everything.
2: Yeah. And, and see, so we talked about this recently, Morgan and me, because I actually ripped out the neck pickup on my Rickenbacker. I don't. I'm not a neck pickup guy, like, and and so it's just there to just not have a hole in the body. <laughs> yeah. So for me, it's just it has to be used properly, or it has to be used in such a way that I need, you know, to understand its presence there. So.
0: Mm-hmm. I think if you did something for me personally, it works great for like the droney stuff because you can really kind of yeah. let things just. I don't know, because it's smoother, it allows things to not as be as like lead and not as sharp as, you know, within the mix. Like especially with myself, it's just me on guitar. So I have to make sure that everything's blending together. And if you switch to like a bridge pickup, it kind of it overpowers everything. Yeah. So and I I don't really use any you
2: get all this presence and no bottom end. Yeah, and you
0: lose everything that was behind it. So when you switch it out, it's just like kind of I don't know, it's 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 the equivalent of like hitting the distortion pedal you know you hear that click and then you hear the immediate like switch and that's why I don't really like use pedals cuz i t- suck at them
3: yeah. yeah i i think i think like because not only were all four of them singing but like instrumentation wise there's like four distinct voices happening you know like I think like the guitar sound sort of works for that because it gives a lot of separation between the two guitars Mm -hmm. yeah um you know so it was like you know like right right you could sort of you could tell each line apart from each other um but like you know like obviously there's a lot of it where they're sort of playing opposing lines to make one one melody or whatever one complete riff sure yeah, yeah like actually, that
2: plate six record, they definitely will meet up more. Like that plate six record we were talking about, they're almost they, they're never playing the same part. But on this one, obviously, they team up at times.
3: Right, and I know. I, so Nicholas and I, I know we talked about this a bunch. Definitely, sort of talking with the like. There's there's some some parts where, right. It's sort of harder to listen to, but then it all coalesces. Like um, they definitely do like some interesting like note choices like mm-hmm. through some of the verses mm-hmm. to then like have like a sort of like sicky sweet like sort of saccharine um, chorus.
0: Yeah. You know? That's what hooked me in because like the it seemed like a lot of the verses stuck to that classic rocky I don't know, yeah. just like the sort of I love folk music but it almost like it was the folk music that I don't like but then the chorus would come in and it'd be like oh I like this now and then it would like the verse yeah. would come back in and be like well. Oh, I kind of like it a little bit more than I just did and it would just kind of keep you going and then you would listen to the song again after the first listen or the second listen and you're like I hate this verse again chorus would come in and again it was over again it was just a really weird album for me and I don't know like what did you think Cynthia as far as like the the way the songs kind of worked
1: Um, a lot of them sounded very similar to to me uh, which kind of I know that makes it more of a cohesive flow, but I do like some variation just to show some diversity in like vocal range Um, and like just your ability to play like hints of different genres or different things for each song. Um, Maybe like it almost felt like the same like handful of keys that they were playing in so part of me is like oh go and be diverse and and playing something way out of left field just to say hey we can be from this different perspective as well yeah, and i, I just can didn't see really that. get I that. Can see that
2: i did kind of notice the key thing too i thought i was imagining it or that it was the recording <laughs> quality but now that she's saying it i'm like yeah i guess they did kind of hang around a few different keys but. right I don't know. Yeah, I I guess now that you're saying that, it's it's sort of in my mind, and I'm just like, well, sort
1: of my feelings. <laughs> sorry, I planted that seed.
2: <laughs> didn't didn't even notice it.
0: I, I, to, oh, honey. to me, I feel like this because that's that's what you know is good for this that we can all kind of put opinions out there. But I I disagree with her. I didn't think anything really sounded the same. There were some songs that had like the same vibe, maybe like you either had like a upbeat like kind of like poppy indie song where yeah. you had something that was like a downer and then there was like some stuff that was like even a little more punky. Um The song like you ran had a just, I don't know, it made me just feel like I was in a commercial where I was just fucking running and like there was explosions <laughs> oh. going off behind me and I'm just like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. You gotta get first place. You
1: gotta get first place. Gotta get first place. you're the first loser. (laughs)
2: Is is this the kind of stuff that runners think about? I I don't fucking know. I don't run.
1: (laughs) Oh, all right. I would think about my boobs hurting.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I I, I hike, but my knees can't handle running. No. And Every year I get fatter and fatter.
2: I was just wondering, why is this record called Shots? Anybody know? Shut, shut. No shot, idea.
0: Shot, I couldn't shot, find shot, a lot shot, of info <laughs> on the band to begin with as far as um anything just on the band and then as far as the album went it was like even less.
1: Oh, jeez.
3: Yeah. I don't know. Oh. And like definitely the cover art doesn't really make like I don't know. It's like a picture of a vampire mask like a like from like the 80s or whatever. Yeah, right. Doesn't really give you any hint as far as, like you said earlier, like it doesn't really tell you what, you know, like what's going to happen inside, you yeah. know?
0: Well, it kind of, it, it does like kind of like set you up for something that you're kind of familiar with, but then like abstract, pulls it back.
1: It's a little bit familiar, yeah. but like abstract. Like, I don't know. When I saw that album cover, I'm like, oh, it's going to be like a preppy. Kind of high school. Just like, like senses I would, fail. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: or Cynthia's a Taking Back Sunday fan,
1: right? And like a Taking, a Taking Back, Back, Back Sunday. Sunday fan. They're uh, good. Cover. Yeah. yeah, they're all right.
0: They're good. No, like, uh, like this this album like, had me hungry for Wolf Parade. I, I had to put apologies on from Wolf Parade. And it was like, <laughs> I don't know, it filled that void. And then I it was like, oh, what a fucking kind of craving that Ladyhawk album again. So then I put that back on. and I listened.
2: See, That's a good point because Wolf Parade and OK Go, same kind of genre, yeah. same kind of field. But I agree with you. I want to listen to this record more than anything that those guys have done.
0: The Wolf Parade stuff's very like... And it's the four members, but they're all like playing the same fucking thing throughout the song. So it's like, yeah. it's like, you know, each song has an A and B side. It's like a so it's everything's the same. This was like that, but it was more rock bass. And when you're getting into more rock music, you then get into the diversity of, you know, more than just like you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Because there was a little bit of stuff kind of like thrown in here and there and then the dynamics with the recordings being you know kind of taking you on a different journey because that's a good way to set you up is play the same thing you have in the verse mix it differently and it completely sounds like a different part
2: that's fair yeah yeah Yeah, right.
0: so i think it's just a more complex in my head of what i'm looking for in wolf parade because really i only go back to those first two wolf parade albums um you know once they started kind of getting a little bit more crazy i guess more in the line of this i've stopped listening to them
2: there's like four or five i i heard a couple wolf parade songs and i was like wow i am about to get into a band that i'm really gonna love and then i listened to a bunch of their other stuff and i was like they've only got a few good tracks <laughs> Yeah, that's <what> I feel. <laughs> they're really good tracks but that's it. yeah they're yeah. great tracks but
0: I would say the first album is a, is a solid, solid choice. The second album takes a little bit to get into, um, but I don't know. Like the, the first album, they kind of did their whole, like, it sounded like the guy who did like pianos and vocals wrote a song, and then when the next song was like the guy that does guitar and vocals wrote a song, and then it's just like kind of off back and forth, back and forth. So it's got a good flow how it like kind of pulls you in this direction, then takes you in the other direction. So you're like, you know, I want that vocalist back. Just wait till the next song. And then this album, it I couldn't distinguish. I could distinguish two different vocals, but I couldn't distinguish if there was more than just two people doing lead vocals. Um, and with knowing that the whole band does it, I respect the fuck out of that because I think that's great. Like, yeah, I didn't know that till this recording. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, either. it's it, it makes like any band that I'm in that I'm only doing one thing like I'm fucking lazy. Like I can't do more than one thing to begin with. Sometimes you know, even with like the oak stuff, doing vocals and guitar, it's super hard. But to be in like a full band and not have to worry like with oak, I don't have to worry about a metronome or anything. Like I just have to worry about to play how I'm playing, but to match up and sync up with three other people and do vocals on top of that. Like, with the rest of your band that's doing harmonies probably over top, you know? It's a whole, like, Fleet Foxes thing where they... uh
1: I mean, I didn't hear a whole lot of harmony. They definitely sang in unison, because I didn't know there was four people in it.
0: Oh, the screaming, unison. too. What was yeah. it the last track that has, the like, the yelling?
1: Right. But to see that they were all synced up like that that's very hard that means you're like listening to everybody else and like blending as best you can because a lot of times when you have singers they just all want to sound distinct and different no blend together you'll Mm -hmm. make amazing sounds together
0: and I did want to. It's nice to hear that they did the recording in that barn, and I'm wondering if they did any live tracking of the whole album. You know, if they well,
2: had to. There's that one song. That's like, yeah, and to me, it sounds exactly like when you just like kind of put a mic in the middle of the room and just go, all right, let's try this. You know,
0: was that uh, that was uh, fear? Yeah, because I think yeah, it was like upbeat. I my notes was upbeat and a uh, waltzy feeling because it had like this weird walt like that. Da, 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 da. It kind of felt like a waltz to me, you know, like kind yeah. of just jittery. Um... <laughs> it's fun, right?
3: <laughs> That's definitely one of the, one of the parts for me that like I think the first time, the first couple of times listening through the record was like oh, I don't know how I feel about it but then it goes like perfectly into the chorus.
2: Yes, that's true. On its it, own, it, it's debilitating. Once you get to the chorus, it's almost reinforcing and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that actually right. works, yeah.
3: Right, and so it's really like, I still think it's not the, like that might be the weak part of the record, like where that, that song sort of starts with that. Yeah. But when it comes back around after it's gone through the first chorus, it, it like, they changed the dynamic on it a little bit. They play it a little bit quieter. Right. And it's like, it, it just works a lot better. I think. Um, yeah. There's definitely, you can tell on a lot of the vocals that they were like, had to have been like, you can hear that they're, they're far away from the mic. Right. Like It's like room mic, as opposed to close mic for like, for a lot of, a lot of the vocal stuff. You can definitely mm-hmm. tell.
0: I like the sound of the drums too. The drums have a really nice, like just oh, like a room mic live drums yeah um, a
3: Isn't
2: lot of the I toms sure like to and i i wonder if you could do that outside of a barn and with live i don't know like the toms just they
0: were so pulled back like normally everyone over produces toms and it's just like you know they'd sound super crisp and these were just like so far back in the mix that it was like i don't know if it was it sounded really good you know everything as far as it, it sounded um what the fuck's the word for it like natural and um yeah, I don't know.
1: Balanced <laughs>
0: We'll just say organic. Okay. There's the word. Organic. Sure. Yeah. It uh I, I really liked the production. Production was pretty fucking yeah. good all the way across. It was super high production, but it also felt comfortable. It felt like you were listening, you know, not maybe not as like quality as like, you know, you know, studio studio produced as far as, you know, independ you know, independently recorded stuff. But um it sounded like you were at a really good show with really good sound
3: yeah yeah like really well produced without sounding slick you know Mm -hmm. like right yeah yeah definitely that i think that's part of part of what i like about it too like like there's definitely a couple songs like the time is not perfect you know like they get a little loose like you can tell they sort of speed up a little bit and but like I think it works for the record. Like, it it sort of keeps the energy going.
0: Yeah, it makes the record feel human still. You know, you listen to a lot of, like, I don't really try to listen to too much, like, metal, but, like, the new metal stuff, it's just so precisely done. Yeah, Yeah, it's just, like, too, too perfect. And it's like, you guys aren't that fucking perfect. Like, well,
1: not only that, it lacks feeling if you're playing, like, robotic.
0: And also, too, like, the album, when you're listening to it, It doesn't have any dynamic shift. Like, the clean parts are as loud as the heavy parts. And the heavy parts are as loud as the instrumental parts. And it's like, everything is like... You know, there's headroom, but everything's hanging out in that headroom. Like, it's just too much. Like, pull some things back. You know, dial the toms back. Make Mm -hmm. them sound like they're fucking, you know... Just the self-titled Slipknot album, pull them back, you know.
2: Okay. <laughs> New metal right, talk. Iowa. Yeah. Uh, you know, Morgan once said to me, and I think this is right, and and Morgan, this is something I've been focusing on a lot recently because I listen to a bunch of old cramp stuff, like uh, what is it, bend over and drive or whatever. And Morgan said, like, when you listen to that old grind shit, like when you listen to that old D beat stuff, the the for, like, the, the powerful quality of it isn't necessarily that they're playing fast because anybody can play fast once they practice enough. It's that they feel like they're almost chasing the beat. Like like they're hungry. They're falling away from yeah. it. Like they got to catch it. And I'm like, yeah, because those cramps records, it's fucking all over the place. But it, it feels so hectic because of that. It feels so much like you want to be there in the moment. Like you're witnessing something about to explode because of that looseness and i agree with you i think that can really add to a record and that's actually one of the things that i like about this record versus just about any other you know record that maybe came out in that time period Mm -hmm. because that was what that was 2007 Do we say this was 2008. 2008 2008, Yeah, and that was the beginning of the end for production. Like, people were starting to work on focusing things. They were starting to auto-tune. They were starting to pitch shift. And they were starting to, uh, you know, everybody had a DAW. They were starting to get DAWs.
0: Yeah, everybody's working off of a computer. Like, I I actually stuck for the longest time. and actually still try as much as possible to keep it all mixer-based. You know, run it through a mixer into the computer just to to let me have that human flaw of not recording it perfect. You know, if, if I can take all the, I'll still run it through a good preamp, but you know, I try to dumb things down to make myself have to work harder to make something sound decent.
2: (laughs) You can tell the difference.
0: You really can. And it's like, that's one thing that, um, well, not, not as far as like production wise, but like you were talking about, like to just like feeling like they're chasing like they're chasing something. And that's, um, with, like, Aaron Turner's Sumac stuff, especially, like, the later Sumac records. Um, It's basically so organic how they even come up with the music itself, you know. They're just there, and it's, like, I guess whatever ideas they have are just there to grow. And it feels like they're just chasing and chasing whatever they're trying to find, and then they fucking lock in, yeah. and then things kind of dissolve, and then they want to kind of chasing that again, blocking in. And it's just, like, I, like, I don't know that... That, to me, just with, like, this band shows you, you know, who the true musicians are out there that can, you know, it doesn't fucking matter where you're at. You can lock in, like, that.
2: Yeah. You know the story of Gimme Shelter or, or that the woman who does the lead line on Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones? Uh, they just, they knew that they were in town recording and they knew they wanted to do that part, and it was, like, 2 a.m., and they called her and she woke up and she had curlers in and they were like, can you come down the studio and just cut this line? And she's like, uh, sure. <laughs> and she just showed up with like one listen on the headphones and did that performance. And that's just incredible to me. You yeah. Know? Uh,
0: you can, you can, you can choose the true, like the true musicians out there based on just the way they can sit down. Like, and I mean, you guys are fucking amazing. You know, I, I gotta see you guys live, but you know. The stuff you guys come up with being a two piece, you know, that's fucking tough. It's tough getting out there as, as a two piece because you're so vulnerable in the sense that, like, we all suck.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't say that.
0: Why do you say that?
1: Because that's not the right mindset.
0: Well, like when you when you go out on stage and like you're you're a two piece and you got to create this huge dynamic sound, you know, from you guys, you know, you got to fucking Great, such a chaotic atmosphere with drums and with you know strings you just have to make sure that you're filling all the holes in and 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 making a cohesive piece and it's, it's tough so but the one thing I right. think there's
1: nowhere to hide yeah there was,
0: there's there's nowhere to hide like you got your percussion and you got your strings and I, I do appreciate that it seems like more people are slimming down to like a three or two piece or one piece you know i really loved the scene not having uh five-piece bands two guitarists bassist drummer and vocalist like
1: that's too much right. unless you bring like another instrument
0: yeah yeah unless you're in like some folk punk band then you know right it we got doesn't a
1: harpist <laughs> a
2: harpist yeah that's is that what too. they're called that's what we're missing morgan a harpist, a harpist. <sighs> Harporial. harper Harpist. Harpers harpory,
3: harpino, <laughs> harpory. Just one more gigantic thing to try and fit in the van.
2: Or what if we only had the harp? <laughs> right. right. We skip
3: the drums.
0: We skipped the. Drums. Okay. So, so w- no, no, no. What I would say is Nicholas picks up the harp. You know, and, and, and that's the strings is, is harp and drums. Which I mean I haven't seen it yet. Bob, botanist does the whole Hammered Doll somewhere in, in Black Metal. Morgan so. needs
1: to grow. He's playing the harp, right? He needs to grow like long blonde hair, that's like down to his waist. Well, Nick,
0: Nicholas would be okay. playing the harp. Well, so whoever's
1: I'm... playing the harp has to have long hair. That <laughs> I don't
3: would... know if you can see. On the, you know, certainly. Oh, I that, know. <laughs> there ain't no long blonde hair ever growing from this head. Hey, Goldi- okay. Hey,
2: Goldilocks!
3: Pipe down. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I always. Didn't you used to have long hair though? Am I crazy? I've I've tried a couple times. I definitely, like, wouldn't have been the last time. It would have been like maybe like 12 years ago or so. Mm. I was like, all right, the hairline is like definitely making its way back. Like, I got to grow it out now while I still can. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: But I couldn't. Like, I grew it out. It got to like maybe my shoulders. My hair, like, my hair is really fine anyhow. But just like, it was like one of those, like, Right, it w- it was not working for me. Well, I that think it you
0: me... you need to be the one that grows it out for the harp, then, because you know you gotta have that real fine, thin hair like that, that the wind, like whatever like breeze comes through the house, like blows it as you're playing. You know, it's...
3: all right, Playing the right. harp. Just, and just and I'll, I'll do it for you. Okay, <laughs> in <it> <laughs> <laughs> like two. Heard... here
2: first, folks. <laughs> you We're heard just it just heard here first. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> if
1: you're a harpist and don't don't have long hair, drop the harp or grow your hair.
2: That's true. That
3: rhymed. It it did rhyme.
0: I think she wrote a poem.
1: Yeah, Yeah. pothead poems.
3: (laughs) I'm not growing a mustache though. That's just absolutely not happening. Well, then you get like again because I I really, I I, I probably have more of a chance of growing a a full head of hair than I do of growing a nice mustache.
0: Yeah, I, I can't grow like the whole place where the Hitler would be like doesn't grow for me so i'm i'm good on oh, that
1: good. non-hitler yeah
0: i never have to get worried about getting mistaken as hitler
1: no.
2: you're the opposite of hitler it's good
0: yeah yeah
1: well i wouldn't say the opposite but i probably
0: could grow a nice like fu manchu
2: like no nope. because it's just the nope. side stuff
1: if you were single yeah <laughs> no you're not growing that
2: all right for you listeners that can't see i'm doing the mustache wiggle <sighs>
1: Ayo. Get right. So
2: really,
0: you were just switching like the the semen that was in your mouth from one side to the other. Oh right? my god, <laughs> <Yeah>. honey! <laughs> switching, we call that.
3: <laughs> switching.
2: <laughs> Who's we? We we in the mustache industry. <laughs> in the mustache Not
3: me. Community. All right.
0: I don't think any. You...
3: No, yeah.
1: I think I got I a have... little
0: mustache. <laughs>
1: I got one, but I'm all right.
0: But I didn't isolate it, so it's good. It's a beard.
1: You didn't isolate no, it?
0: No, I didn't isolate it.
2: Here's a question, and I, I something fell. I, here's a question. Do any of you guys remember when Lucero did their first like couple records, when they were just like a Memphis band? mm No. Nope. No. Okay. Because I was going to compare this record to, to a lot of that stuff, and I'm glad I skipped over that because I was like, I don't think anyone's going to know what the hell I'm talking about.
0: There was another... Um band i heard in it i heard a little bit of like catchy nirvana nirvana I, yes mm. i can't remember I like <sighs> maybe nirvana? We, not knife. <laughs> i think more the like the Uran song i think had a little bit of like a nirvana feel to it but it was more of like the like poppier stuff towards the end of the career you know
3: mm. yeah More in utero,
0: less bleach. I would even even say, uh, yeah, a little more Nevermind-y.
2: Nevermind was a tricky record for them. I don't want to detour this whole thing. Oh, we
0: can detour all we want. That's all we do.
2: It's just Nevermind Nevermind was a big risk for them, and they, they were like, let's try to make a record that sells, and then after they did it, they regretted it so much that they did in utero. Which I think is a hell of a record to go out swinging on. Oh, know? it fucking is. It's it's just it's cryptic, it's dark, it's scathing, it's got so much bloodlust on it. And then you compare that to Nevermind, and it's like, is this the same fucking band? You know? Yeah.
0: No, Nevermind's like your your basic
2: kind of grunge alt rock pop album. Yeah, and they just they were so upset. I mean, you always hear the interviews, and they ask them about Nevermind, and then Dave will be like.
0: Yeah, and Kurt says in Utero shit. had such like a like a punk vibe to it. No, um, I mean for me, my first song I heard off of it was uh, Heart Shaped Box," and just the guitar riff in that it's so fucking dark. You know, when you're it's such
2: a dirty, yeah. you're you're a kid
0: and you hear that and you're just like, this sounds so like depressing and dark, and I love it. And
3: you didn't know. they have all kinds of like didn't they have all kinds of problem with the production on that like they were is, is that the right rec- they did that they, they did it with steve albini yeah and yeah they wanted right, him yeah. to remix it and he was sort of like fuck off like i already did it so oh, like,
2: that was like prime albini working on that but, record yeah,
3: he's like if you want to ruin your fucking record then you can but like you know <laughs> fuck you i'm not doing it for you you know yeah that's I the type of shit like, he's apologizing that's for like, now like, like, I don't know if I feel like that's totally rad or, that he did that or that, I, or if I feel like, what a dick. I don't know. Like, why not it's, both? It's, it's probably a little both, you know? Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I feel like his quality of the stuff that he puts out, I mean, you got to kind of trust him. Like, there's a reason why he's the go-to for, like, analog recording.
2: I think that he needs to get outside his own realm, though. He does, like, one thing, and he does that one thing fucking spot on mm-hmm. but I just I don't like okay so if I can be a little bit sort of like uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for like not solipsistic but just sort of look at our own records like we did two records with Andrew and we asked for two different things and he yielded two radically different results yeah. on those two different records the first record we said we want to make it sound like our live show we don't want to overproduce this we want to just make it a collection of the songs we've been writing for the past few years and he did that and then the second record, I was like, I specifically said to him, I want it to sound like these old Run DMC records. I hear that in his mixing. It's such a different mixing approach. So I think a good producer slash engineer can kind of like summon up different things for different occasions. And I'm not always sure that Steve can do that.
0: Yeah, and I, I agree. But I think if the thing with Steve goes is you go to Steve for a certain sound, you do. So and he can do that if, sound every time. If, if you're going to deal with his arrogance and basically. The frustration you're gonna lose with him. Um, you're doing it for a reason, and, and you're doing it for that sound. I mean, the, the 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 sound work that he's done with Neurosis on the last like five five or six albums or whatever he's touched from Neurosis. I mean, you can't you can't touch that production at all. Like, I don't want that to be super super produced. You want it to be so fucking ugly, you know. And I, I feel like he does have a little bit of a a pigeonhole that he's in but he's also kind of like he bounces around in there because he can do the punk stuff he can do the the more post-metal things and you kind of get that vibe but you know if you want something different go to somebody else you know that's you know going to give you an ear for some stuff because the reason why you pick a producer is to have like a for you guys like a, a third band member to to tell you you know here's what i got as far as songs how can we make these better if we can? Are they perfect how they are? Like, what can we do to get the most out of this? And, you know, to squeeze every drop of everything out of it.
3: Yeah.
2: And, Morgan, you, you know that we're big into having, uh, and I'm almost saying this just to get Morgan to, to verify with me, we're big into a producer that tells you to go fuck yourself. Like, somebody who's willing to say, like, that sucked. You need to do that again. Yeah, because I think some people are just in the room going like, "That was good." You know, it's got a lot of groove to it, and you're just like, "What, what dude? Tell me if it's bad."
3: Right.
0: Yeah, and I think those are the people that basically, as like a lot of your like fucking gent metal core crap that's out right now, that it's so fucking run by the mill of just, yeah, that sounds good, like every other thing. So we'll keep it rather than being like. Why don't you guys do something like different for metalcore or whatever and make it original again? You know, like uh, the band Burst. You know they they or you know even like old school convert. Dude, Burst was doing something from because they were kind of mixing like that whole like Swedish metal with metalcore. It had like post rock in it, and they were just doing something that was completely different back then.
2: Members of Nazum, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Even Naza man. They they fucking their live record so good. The one that just came out? No, they had one uh, they did <laughs> right after um that guy died in the tsunami. They they released like a bunch of old live material and it was like pretty rock and roll.
0: Yeah, I know they just um I think they just put out a live record uh last week or something or the week before. Oh, nice. Not too sure. I don't know. I've been listening to the podcasts, so uh,
1: po- or what we're told to listen. <laughs> yeah, to.
0: Or yeah, or what we're told to listen to. Basically, it was podcasts, uh, Lady Hawk, and uh, then I sprinkled in some. Wolf oh, Parade. I actually
1: listened to a bunch of like my stuff too. Oh, this we
0: week. so we did we, we did set ourselves up for next week too because C- Cynthia's picked next week. So we were like yeah. looking. She wants to pick something to kind of set us apart, you know, as far as what we've been stuck in the loop for. So we're gonna do a little Nicki Minaj uh, yeah. next week.
2: Wow, the pink print. What? I'm so yeah. Boston music award winner. <laughs>
0: Oh, she's amazing. And when you were talking about like um like the chorus is like really having a hook to it. Like I didn't know that Nikki could sing. Yeah. And it was like some of the, you know, the verses it's 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 rap, but then it's like it's got a fucking hook to it
3: that just kind yeah. of gra- like ugh, just whole fucking grabs you. Like a good hooky. Well, with, you know, with some of that, there's like there's a reason that she sells millions of records. Exactly. Know,
1: like. Well, she looks amazing too. <laughs> yeah, I
0: like fake true. boobs and butts.
3: Oh,
1: it was nice. Like,
3: <laughs> like, <laughs> I would say, like, I definitely like. I like that stuff probably a lot more than people would expect, like, big Justin Timberlake fan.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, that was... Oh, he has the goods, man. Oh, my God. Oh, man. I've been listening He's the to all all package. Justin Timberlake.
0: This one has been on the list. Cynthia wants to do some Timberlake. But
1: I had to pick, like, a non-white person and a female yeah, we,
0: because I wanted to Yeah, we wanted to d- diversify and but... really have a woman in there, too, because she was like, well, how many women have we done? And I was like, honestly, like, we've only done None two. Probably. Yeah, we've done two, and there has been more recent stuff. So we're gonna keep it kind of, you know, mixing things up. Uh, but I'm
1: all into Justin Timberlake. It sounds like he's making love to you with his singing. Oh my god!
0: I was really hoping she oh would pick god. like Buster Rhymes as ELE.
1: I always think about or, that.
0: Or like maybe or Animal Collective, Aquarium, <laughs> Aquarium, Aquari, uh, Aquemini from uh, nope. Outcast.
1: No, nope, probably when. But Justin Timberlake, I could go on all day. <sighs> <sighs>
2: So I I wasn't that big of a Justin Timberlake fan. Like I had, you know, I was like, oh, this is good, whatever. And then Saturday Night Live had him on, not as uh, uh you know, whatever they call it, a host. Was it the Dick in the Boxing? I love Dick in the Boxing. No, was no, it when he did just,
1: like the album Twenty Twenty? He was talking yeah, about that.
2: Yeah, it was that song. Yeah. Oh, I forget what the the single was, but it was it was one of the singles, I and they put get online it's like behind the scenes content. Uh, him doing his dress rehearsal with the song so like mm-hmm. you know everything's kind of mixed and properly and whatever yeah. he just kind of had the you know just checking everything and he can sing yeah he yeah. can he didn't need oh, any help yeah. at all and I was no. like
3: that's impressive no, that's not auto tune man that, that, no. that dude can tear it up
2: yeah yeah, he knows
1: what's In up. the bedroom and on the mic. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Amen. I mean, I don't know from personal experience, but oh, man. Justin's
0: no, I think really that's cool. a reason why him personally is having such a like um, an adventurous solo career outside of NSYNC. You know, he really kind of didn't just get big and then fizzle out. He stayed big and became an icon.
1: Well, he was truly yeah. talented, and then now... As he's getting older, he's hitting his vocal prime, which he's just That's even true, more yeah. delicious now than he ever was.
3: Well, also too. much like-, like
2: Leonard Cohen. Leonard Cohen's like final stuff. The background music's <laughs> trash, but the vocals are incredible. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. really. So Leonard Cohen always talked about that he like he never understood why anybody would ever want to hear him sing. Yes, he always thought of himself like only as a songwriter. Like, and 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 and. You know, I think, uh, like, uh, truly, like, a lot of the, especially earlier stuff, he really only intended for other other people to be singing it. It was sort of, like, as last resort that he was doing it himself. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. I I remember a story about him at, like, his first performance. He was so embarrassed. He just, like, ran off stage. (laughs) And just to think (laughs) of somebody who influenced all these other people and wrote all this memorable music doing that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Which, so... Yeah, maybe to tie it back, maybe to the other record, (laughs) Timberlake, (laughs) him hitting his vocal stride. So he pulls out a lot of like Motown moves, Mm -hmm. which like on you know on this Lady Hawk record that we were talking about, particularly like so. I play the drums, I tend to notice what the drummers are doing. Mm -hmm. He he pulls out like so many like classic Motown sort of drum. Uh, like, parts and changes, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. That's it.
1: And that really syncs up well with the guitar. Like, you can tell they're all syncing up and grooving together, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Well, it's like they're grooving yeah. together, but they're kind of all doing their own thing. Right. Like, nobody's playing, like, a strict, like, I'm a big 4-4, four, four, like, mm. on every downbeat, you know? That's so boring. And it's to have a band that's kind of like, you know, everybody's on their own like uh plane of existence, but kind of still like cohesive.
3: Right. right. Well, so like talking about like doing the four, four thing. So like one of the, uh, like Motown tricks would be like, typically if you're going to do like a really sort of syncopated four, four, you would, you would do, keep it on your bass drum. Mm-hmm. Like the Motown guys, there's like, you can hear, like, uh heard it through the grapevine. There's a whole bunch of songs. They do, like, it's steady quarter notes on the on the snare drum. Yeah. And then they color it with a bass drum. So, like, they're almost, like, flipping it over, you know? Yeah. Like it, it, yeah. And, and, like, That's so fucking hard to do, too.
0: Because you want to, you know, as far as me, when I when I drum, like, my foot is my pulse. And then everything else kind of is, is where it's at. So I couldn't imagine doing that because... I mean it's just the talent with the footwork and and just the the brain power of isolating everything you know that's why, not, that. that's why I'm not that's why I'm not like a drummer drummer so I you know
2: <laughs> I always wanted to be a drummer and my when I was growing up my mom was like our neighbors would not approve no, no. way no how and then I spent so much time yeah <laughs> I was just like All right, if I'm already committed to this other instrument I guess I'll stick with that for a while no, I, I
0: mean you gotta think about all the teardown fucking time, the carrying of the equipment. Like, there's days like when you like. What do you as far as uh as far as cab? Like, you got a big old like eight by ten or whatever.
3: Eight by ten, and and he plays through an eight by ten and a six by twelve, and then <laughs> the, for the organ. We use a 215. So, like, for a two-piece band, we have more equipment than most five-piece bands. Yeah. Do. like
2: Morgan likes to say, we're, we don't like being in a band. We like moving around heavy pieces of equipment. Yeah, and as, as
0: you're getting older, I mean, because what do what you guys, mid-30s, late-30s? 40s. 40s? 40s? Okay. Oh. Uh-huh. So you guys are feeling worse than I am. Cynthia, <laughs> you just, she got so upset. She went, oh, oh like, you guys sound oh, they're young. In their 40s. <laughs> <laughs> she said you sound young. That's
1: awesome. Oh, Well, thank you very I much. I mean, I I don't see any grays, so I have more gray hairs than both of you, probably. I don't know.
2: Well, he's, he's got his hair shaved off. And right. So I don't know what's going on. My no grandfather didn't really turn gray, so I hear it works like that, like your mother's father or something. As mm-hmm. long as you guys don't really get
1: uh, carded. Well no, you want to get carded now. When you get stopped getting carded.
0: Yeah, it's when you stop that getting carded too. that you want to get carded again to feel right. young, and be like Oh,
1: I love it. Was it these gray hairs on my beard that you didn't card me? Oh, honey, they'd never card you. They card me though. Yeah. No, I'm
0: like getting gray and fat and ugly and fat and, <laughs> ugly and fat and ugly and fat. No. So Ni- Nicholas, what do you? Are you like? <laughs> do you got a little like Italian?
2: Is that where like the darker? <laughs> little Italian. like spaghetti Italiano. shots. No. Yeah. Because I knew about Italian love making. Yes. Uh, I am what my ex wife has referred to as a pizza bagel. I am <laughs> Oh. oh <laughs> so, so
0: are you an Italian Jew?
2: Yes. Ah. <laughs> excellent. Oh, <yeah. laughs> So my mother's side of the family is just completely Jewish, which explains just the the way that I talk and everything. And then my father's side of the family was literally off the boat Sicilian. So I'm kind so of blind. I
0: would say you're like a sun-dried basil uh, sun-dried tomato basil bagel. Sure. Yeah.
2: Whatever floats your boat. Yeah. That sounds good.
0: A margarita basil.
2: Ooh. Mm. Morgan, what are you? I've never asked you. Do you even know?
3: uh like a lot of eastern european jew and uh like british isles so pretty might, standard like european
2: you might be able to answer this question that's actually been lingering for a while so why is it when you're in the kitchen you're american when you're in the living room you're american but when you're in the bathroom you're european
1: oh i just got that
0: (laughs) a lot of of times it's not just a european but you're a pooing too
1: okay okay Mm. or eurasian brian's old (laughs) workplace
0: god it was the worst fucking name for a a fucking shop it was uh, a tech at a place called eurasian Auto Works. so like they'd call in and say hello eurasian and be like no i'm not really i'm uh, i'm caucasian you know And it was kind of a lingering joke. It's
1: like, you guys need to. You're Asian. I'm Asian. We're all Asian.
2: (laughs) There's a place in Dedham called the Grateful, the Grateful, what is it? Grateful Dedham is the name of the diner. (laughs) The Grateful Dedham? But guy that works there that doesn't know the joke. So you always used to call my old work and be like, I'm from the Grateful Diner in Dedham. And I want to be like, no, it's Grateful Dedham. That's the joke. Like Grateful Dedham.
0: you know? Oh, I thought you said a grateful denim, like uh, like jeans. No, no. I was even
2: more. In fact, if anything, denim. jeans are ingrates. Oh, disrespectful pants.
0: <sighs> Those jeans were so grateful to be put on.
2: Yeah,
1: I can't wait to fit into them again one day.
0: The <laughs> <Yeah, playing>. jeans? <laughs> no, but jeans are becoming more like un- or like they're becoming more forgiving because they're putting more elastic in them. So they're like stretching with us now instead of the like men restricting jeans,
1: us. Yeah, the women jeans have reverted back to not that. Oh really? Yeah.
0: So it's good that clothing companies are looking out for men now,
1: and not women.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we...
2: it's about time that people started looking out for men, huh? Yeah, we bloat too. <laughs> That's a joke. It's the opposite of what I should have said.
0: Yeah, you should have said. Well, women and men are equal, and we should both have stretchy I pants. I want to
1: say so many gross things, but since we're <laughs> recording, I will not say all my period jokes that I want to say. Sam, this no, they're really gross. There's no safe. They're too far. They're too far.
0: You got a good period joke. <laughs>
1: Nope, nope. Just go with the flow. Come
0: on. Hey, Hey, there's a a good period joke.
1: I'm just going to put it on you. (laughs) That's so fucking cool. Was that a period joke? Yeah. That wasn't funny. It made me really angry.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Period (laughs) jokes are very spotty, you know that?
1: (sighs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) I just think of the, the shining. That's all.
0: No, you just need to iron out your problems. Okay. No,
1: I need to eat them away. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: well, I guess we'll, we'll get into this as far as um, some negative opinions. Uh,
1: well, I already got I'm
0: probably that. gonna leave Morgan out on this one because I don't think uh, he's gonna have any negative things no. to say unless you have at least something for the unless greatest rock and roll battle. band of all
3: time. I didn't say that. I didn't say they were the greatest rock and roll band of all time. I just, I think this is one of the, the, the best rock and roll records. Like, I w- I'll put this up there with, like, Appetite for Destruction. Or, like, uh, London Calling. Mm hmm. All right. So, anyway, yeah, yeah. You try and say something that, about what you don't like on this record. Just go ahead, try it. Cynthia, what do you got?
1: I mean, I kind of touched on a lot of these things. Uh,. The vocalists, or multiple vocalists, um, their range, they didn't have a whole lot. It seemed like they sang in the same range the entire time and had pretty much the same sound.
0: Coming from the Beach House fan.
1: I all mean, right they, they show some range, uh, but I don't listen to them for their vocal range. I listen to them because they make me feel good. A lot of the songs sound the same, just really limited... Um, range as well as the keys they were playing in and they definitely had like com- a complex style of playing with like as you mentioned the Motown drumming and then kind of like a bluesy feel with the guitar and for the them to sync up is really nice and like everybody feel each other but I didn't progress from that like it just kind of stayed there those are my own. All- my only real
2: things
0: nicholas what do you have as far as any kind of negative feedback
2: opinions Uh, no i I have a few i think there are times where they're they're going they're overreaching they're going a little bit too far outside of their comfort zone and I, i at times that actually was what i liked about the record although i would say they kind of the, it, it was a little bit weird to hear the mastery of some sections just completely disappear in other sections. Uh, I felt like, I don't know, it, it's a tough thing. Like I think that anything negative that I could say about the record is more just how it fits to my own taste and rather not their lack of ability or the recording style or, or what have you. You know, I guess, yeah, maybe, you know, diversity is never usually something that scares me off on a record. I just felt like at times they would move towards sections that were just very, it just felt like they were gathering what they needed to make that section work rather than sort of performing that section. I don't know. That's not always a bad thing.
0: No, I can definitely see that. Yeah. I, I, I feel that, or I, I felt it on some stuff. I can't really cherry pick what songs I really felt that from. Right. But um, no, I def- there was like definitely some little pieces here and there that just didn't seem, it, like you said, they seemed like they were reaching too far to try to grab something that maybe wasn't them. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and it just ticked just a little bit away from it, and it didn't tick away from it because that, that was their game plan, but rather they just didn't catch it, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. And one thing I, I kind of wish I got a chance to do was to check out the album before this and the album after this to see maybe if the stuff that they were reaching for was stuff that they previously did and that was just something they were putting in, or was this something that they were going to in like the future with the third album? So, I think I
2: fucked up like that too I probably <clears throat> should have done that too And it didn't occur to me until today yeah, oh, I No mean, I don't do that <laughs> There's just some
0: days with like Because you know with us We only have a week to really listen to this and, and get into it And when you throw another album in And it's like Especially from a band that you've never heard of before And it's just like so much fucking work And it's like well I'm trying to digest this album And then I gotta want to listen to the, another thing Like I don't know It becomes too much But um yeah. You know, it's something that in the future, you know, we might do like like a re-listen to the album after a while that we get into like some other albums from the band and really kind of get into the band's history. Um, I don't know, maybe like a year or so from now, we'll do like a discography of like maybe something we've done in the past. Being as we're so familiar I with.
3: have their other two records. <laughs> and like what I'll say is like for me anyway, this is the most solid out of the three um like the the other two have like um they have some really good songs on them or whatever but like that's less they seem less cohesive to me like it's more of like oh this is a record that has like 10 songs we re- recorded versus like this is the record that we made you know what i mean does that make sense
0: yeah it's kind of like the debut album syndrome from bands, you know. The first right. album always seems to be kind of, like, disjointed or, like, you know. Right. Yeah. Not thought out yeah. 100%. But, you know, normally it's it's the batch of songs that you're working on and you just throw them together to get something right. out. No, right. I... Well, so
3: those two records are good, I think, but, like, this record, you know, is more of a, like, a cohesive thing, mm-hmm. you know.
0: No, I, I agree. And and like we were talking to about like just the song arc. Um it flows really well. Um I I don't have a lot of negative things to say. I mean, if you would ask me like my first listen of like that first song, and I would have been like I'm not fucking going anywhere near this album. Like it's <laughs> it, it was it was like I'm not looking forward to this at all. And I honestly, like that was what When did we set this up? 3 or 4 weeks ago. Yeah. So I hadn't been looking forward to this album for like three or four weeks, and then like <laughs> I put it on this week, and it was like, okay, cool. Uh, I don't know why I was avoiding this so bad, as far as you know, something to listen to. But yeah, no, it um, it clicked for me. I'm gonna listen to it again. Um, I yeah. noticed that when I did a little research online, there was a tenth track as like a bonus track. Um, but I couldn't find it, so I didn't put it in with the uh, with the listing.
3: Let me see. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, uh, Oh yeah, like yeah. Crows commute or something. Yeah. Yeah. Crows commute is is on like the digital version, but not on on like the uh, the like the album version or
1: whatever. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I didn't know if it was like um, you know sometimes with like an LP they either take or or you know give you an extra track or. I mean but even even on Spotify that's a digital version I didn't even see it on there so it was like you know kind of leave that off but I I don't think it needed it It, where it ended with ghost blues I think that was a good and yeah yeah do we want to get into ratings and see where we're sitting as far as you know as a whole you know
2: what's the rating Uh, what zero to 100 zero to
0: 100
1: BPMs (laughs) points BPMs (laughs) BPMs <laughs> It's funnier that way <laughs> Go Ooh, babe
0: yeah, Okay so I it, If you would have asked me when I first listened I would have probably given it a 30 Ouch Listening to it I wouldn't have a fucking 85 I really like this wow. I thought it was really good And I'm kind of mad that you guys didn't give me something That I could really kind of not like just listen to so, one I
3: mean, of our records records yeah. if you want to do it again like yeah. <laughs> yeah. nicholas listens to tons of garbage music comics yeah. <laughs> me too I do, have,
2: I do not have good taste people ridicule it all the time yeah no i
0: was i was pleasantly surprised um i don't know I, like there's a lot of times i try to strive for finding an album that i keep wanting to come back to um this year has been the new Manchester Orchestra album, where it was like, you know, you just keep coming back to it, and back to it, and back to it, and next thing you know, it's in your like regular rotation. And I actually really think that this one's going to be in my rotation of the stuff that I'm going to kind of pop on, you know, as far as, uh, just keep going back at it. It rarely ever fucking happens, but that's the cool thing. It came out in 2008, right? You know, it's those albums that came out years and years and years and years ago that, somebody winds up saying this something to somebody in 2001 and they're like i fucking love this album though no. like this is good there's hope for all our bands you know you know my dorm mate
2: in <laughs> college was like you ever heard of reversal a man and i was like nah And oh no i had i'd seen them at a show but i didn't think anybody else knew them and he was like yeah here's this reversal of man record i'll burn it for you and it's just so much of my life is revolved around reversal, oh, man. And you wouldn't think it, you know. It's just an offhanded situation. Yep. So, do you both think it's an eighty-five? No. no, no,
0: no, no, no. I'm I'm eighty-five on this.
1: <laughs> Brian's <laughs> it's more honest. the Paula Abdul in our duo. <laughs> um, I'm
0: more of the Paula Cole.
1: Paula Cole. Yeah, what show I'm, is she on?
0: No, she was the singer that I don't want to wait. No, no, it's, uh, where have all the cowboys gone? All right.
1: All right. (laughs) Um, I have a rating system. Uh, yeah. So my connection to the music, I gave it 15 BPMs, uh, talent and musicians. Just because they didn't show a whole lot of range. Not saying that they, what they played wasn't great or... So they weren't talented at the work they showed. It just wasn't diverse, To m- for my opinion. Um, I gave them a 10, variation of songs, six. Blending, mixing, I gave it a 16. And then the it factor, random points to reach what I think it should be, <laughs> I gave it 15. So it came to 62.
0: Ooh, yeah.
1: Which I liked more than Smashing Pumpkins. I actually saved uh, one of the songs to listen to.
0: Decent.
1: And it gave me, like, you know those days that you sleep in and you have, like, your cuddles? Like, morning cuddles.
0: Oh, yeah. All the time.
1: (laughs) This album kind of, like, gave me the mental pictures of that, which is really nice. Um, We're like, we don't do this in our own house, me and Brian. But, like, slow dancing in the kitchen. Like it made me romanticize some things. So, that's why I really enjoyed it.
0: In fact, it factor really helped it out.
1: Yeah, it did. <laughs> well, it's like 1 out of 20.
2: How about you, Nicholas? I think no, th- this one I am going to use that 0 to 100 system. I'm not going to break it down, but I will say that some <laughs> of my favorite records of all time, like Lou Reed's Rock and Roll Animal, don't score close to 100. No, and they shouldn't. So, no they shouldn't and it's it's like a weird record but i like it and i think for this record same thing it's a weird record but i think it has a place in records that i'll think about when i'm writing in records that i'll think about when i'm trying to get into a certain mood or experience a certain feeling so i would give it a 75 but but don't get me wrong here 75 in reflection on all these other things like metal circus or whatever i would give that like a 50 you know Morgan's staring at me because he, he hates the way I talk about Bob Moore projects. I have such a weird <laughs> way of looking at them. But so, yeah, 75. But but 75 is very positive. That's an optimistic
1: Yeah, for
0: yeah. me. Yeah. I, I, I feel like anything over a 50, honestly, is,
1: right. 62 is in good territory grade. as far yeah. as something
0: that, you know, at least you respected enough. You know, a 75 that's fucking up there i mean yeah we we talk about it all the time that there's no perfect album no. like the best i could probably pull out of my ass as far as a band with an album is a 96 to 98 because there's always going to be something in that album that's not like just yeah you know lining
1: up with your life yeah there has to moment.
0: be it has to be an album that hits on every single aspect of your life every second of your life Anytime you put that album on, that should be, you know, it's, it should be all you think about, you know, and, and yeah. there's really not, I don't, for me personally, there's not that album. There's always something that I'm like, right. I wish was a little better. So, you know. Or maybe
1: we're just too critical, but whatever.
0: I'm picky, but I'm also not picky. I'm picky. Morgan, what did, uh, what did you get with it?
3: Yeah, I, I think I, I'm sort of, I'm sort of with Nicholas, like, um and with you guys like there is no perfect 100 you know mm-hmm. like um so i'm just trying to think of like records that it would even crack 90 for me you know like what what would be better than a 90 um you know like purple rain maybe like less of a thing now but like yeah yeah like london calling that would probably be like a 90 I put this up yeah I put this up like I'd say 85 to 90 85? somewhere in there like it's 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 you know like there's no right like there's there's no perfect 100 but man this is like this is doing better than a hell of a lot of other stuff
0: mm-hmm. yeah um and what I do with like the 100 is it's like a soft range you know the 100 itself it's like nothing's ever going to be a, obtainable by it but you know where does this album sit as far as like how often do I listen to it? How much can I listen to it? And what mood can I listen to it? And it's like, if it's something that can hit a lot of the points, like it's definitely a 90s album, you know, a, not a 90s right. album, but a 90s, you know, an album in the yeah. 90s. Um, you know, it, it all depends too on personal connection of when you heard it, mm-hmm. you know, your story. And that's like one thing that we like l- learning about is, you know, we're listening to these albums because of your connection to it. So, you know, what was the story behind it as far as what connected you to it? Because it also allows us to then get a connection, you know, for something as well. It paints a picture. So it doesn't just show you an album cover. It shows that um, a human being connected with this piece of art. And then, you know, it's like it it just shows you a little empathy. Yeah
3: yeah i mean that's part of why i chose this one you know like like i said earlier like i think it's a record that not enough people know about so i was i was hoping you guys would dig it you know like yeah yeah i'm glad you. Did. it seems like for the most part you did yeah
2: I, I had fun i'm glad i spent so much time with it like i i don't think i would have given it as many shakes as i should have if given other you know
0: no I, I mean, I, it, like, certain things have to be in a certain place to, like, click. And, like, my full first listen of it, I was putting together, um, like, equipment for a, a client. So I was just kind of, like, in that sitting on the floor putting just, you know, a weight, you know, lifting system together. And it was, like, it was like the perfect place to be because I wasn't, like, working hard. I was just kind of, like, sitting down just tightening nuts and bolts and I could just fucking just jam out and it, I, I think it hit me in the right spot what, uh were you just in the car listening to it Cynthia um
1: hmm. I think I started listening to it I mean normally my my listening routine is I listen to our podcast on Monday and then after that, I'll start the next album or Tuesday when I'm, like, getting ready to go somewhere, go to work, when I'm putting my makeup on, just to see how it makes me feel. Does it make me feel, like, confident or, like...
0: What did, how did this one myself? make you feel?
1: It made me feel pretty good because it sounded so similar to a lot of things that I really do like, like Interpol or Pinback. Um, oh, even pin-back. some Strokes vibes. Pinback's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I love that stuff. So... It was nice to like sink into and like feel comfortable with something a little more familiar that i would enjoy you know
0: mm-hmm. good
2: thumbs up from everybody
1: yeah Yay. yippee skippy. Yay. No, I don't hey, really listen to this I gotta again. duck
2: out. My my kids gotta go to bed and she's staring at me with daggers in her eyes. All right, so. guys. Time well, It was it was a pleasure talking with you both. Um yes.
0: do you before we head out of here, um do you have anything that you guys need to plug? Um with bedtime magic, uh, stuff coming up, uh yeah. Plug it out
2: no we got that tape that we did with you people should get that tape i don't think we have very many left i think we have like five copies left if that i but.
0: think i might have six copies i uh one yeah. more sold last uh last night and i gotta ship that out oh, this okay. week so.
2: so i shouldn't plug that too hard the graylock split if people are into tapes that came out on Tor johnson that's worth getting
3: and we will have a new record on familiar uh forbidden place records it's coming out sometime in the next year but uh it's gonna be it's pressed on vinyl and the pressing plants are really like they won't give us a timeline basically yeah
0: i think yeah. everybody's pretty, pretty much as far as like anybody that's been vi- buying vinyl over the past year and a half is like i'll get it when i get it up i mean yeah. i i pre-ordered the record and i don't expect it anytime soon just for the way things has been going so you know, it'll yeah. be
2: a treat when you least expect it.
0: <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> and, I, you know, I think that's one good thing that artists are willing to still put it out on vinyl, even though it's going to take forever to put out.
3: Yeah. It's true. We're hoping it doesn't take forever, but... Yeah. Who knows? Who knows?
0: Well, I mean, hopefully everybody come pick it up. Uh, okay. You know, Bedtime Magic. Uh, you guys got probably a bunch of shows coming up, too, so... Um, I know this is going to be coming out in a week So I mean if there's any shows you got in the next two Or three weeks you know if you want to plug them and...
2: uh, January 15th At the Worth and Attic in Lowell Because the show we're playing next week Or this week uh, I, I think it Won't be, make it for this episode nah. Like it'll be over but uh, yeah January 15th we're playing with uh, Anxious Wave uh, Rue and I think Knockover City's playing with us again Which is always fun oh, awesome. Anxious Wave is yeah. good yeah, it's just Waves fantastic. This is our first show playing with them. I talk to Brandon all the time. So Awesome.
0: All right, guys. Well, I mean, that's all you guys got. Yeah. Um yeah. It was a pleasure talking with you. Yeah. thanks nice um, for having us. Yeah, no thanks problem. For thanks for recommending an awesome album. I'm, Absolutely. I'm, you know, it's, it's one I'm happy to add to the list mm. as far as things I'll listen to in the future.
1: It'll continue to be on the list. <laughs> and Cynthia
0: saved it, so.
2: Do <laughs> you have a unique... Um, like, sign off? Like, is there something we should say? Like,
1: oh, no. I say yeah, night night. We,
2: we say That's
0: night nice night because our dog. But um I mean, we are going to be doing Nicki Minaj next week. So, if anybody wants to tag along and listen yeah. to the album and then tell us what it's you think, we're going to be doing print. the pink print. And I think we're just going to do the regular version. Right. So no, so deluxe no deluxe. No So, basically, like just the OG.
1: Which it'll, it'll be my first time listening to this whole album. This will be, be my really first nice. Nicki Minaj album. So, yeah.
0: it'll be fun. Really awesome. exciting.
3: You guys can have your first time together. Oh, yeah. It's always best
0: to experience the first time together. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're out of here. So thank you guys for listening to I'll Add It to the List. (laughs) And uh, we'll see you next week. Good night, everyone. Thanks for having us. Ciao. Night night. Night
3: night.